We are approaching the runway in our series that we've titled An Elevated Life. Uh, we're just in the Sermon on the Mount. We haven't looked at every verse, but we've looked at a lot of it. And uh, we're, right, we've got our, our seat belts on, our trays in the upright and locked position, and we're going to land the plane here in a couple weeks. We're not there yet, right? but we're approaching uh, the runway. And so to kind of pick up where we left off last week, uh, we were in Matthew 7. We're going to be back in Matthew 7 this week. Uh, but last week, we looked at uh, Jesus' words, commands, his teaching not to judge others. All right? And the, sort of the, the general gist, overarching point of the message uh, is that we should be as gracious towards others as we are towards ourselves. Right? And we should be as critical of ourselves as we are towards others. Okay, So last week uh, was really sort of Jesus unpacking how we treat one another, how we relate to one another, uh, how we interpret the actions and intentions of others on a sort of a horizontal plane, right? Our relationships with, with one another. But what happens uh, this week, uh, what we're going to look at this week, verses 7 through 11, Jesus kind of takes what, what we looked at last week, a horizontal, uh, how we interpret the actions and, and our relationships with others, and he, and he flips it vertical because now he's going to talk about, in these few verses, uh, our relationship with God, specifically how we view God, how we think about God, uh, how we interpret God's actions towards us. And so um, he, he's shifting our focus vertical in to, for us to look at our relationship with God as a heavenly Father. And so I'm going to read verses 7 through 11, Matthew chapter 7, if you have it in front of you. If not, it'll be on the screens. Um, here's what Jesus says. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So, here is the, the big overarching point this morning. Right, I'm going to give you a statement. If you don't catch anything else, this is what I want you to leave with. Uh, but I hope you leave with more than this. But here it is. Jesus, in this teaching, in these five verses, encourages his followers to bring their requests right, to God the Father. And the Father gives good gifts to his children. That's the gist of the message. Right, I'll say it again. Jesus teaches, encourages his followers to bring their requests to God as a father. And God the Father loves to give good gifts to his children, right? Uh, that's baseline, right? Everything else is going to fall under that umbrella. And so um, if you don't get anything else this morning, I want you to leave with that, right? But, but the text is going to take us a little deeper than that, right? And I think my job, at least part of my job, uh, as your pastor is to help, to lead us to kind of dig around in these few verses to see uh, what's going on sort of under that, all right? And so I want to give you Two big themes we're going to talk about this morning from these five verses, right? The two themes uh, are, are persistence, our persistence, and then uh, providence. 
specifically God's providence towards us, right? So our persistence, God's providence, uh, we, we'll start with, with persistence. Um, so to kind of open the, the, uh, the doors of the Larkin household here, I don't, know if my, I don't know if Kelly loves it when I do this, but I do it anyways. Um, Kelly has become like the primary, um, like she's the, she's the first person the kids go to when they need something, Right? Uh, I don't know if it's because they are with Kelly all the time uh, or if it's because they just think I'm like a space cadet that's incapable of doing anything. There's probably some measure of truth in both of those statements. Uh, but they, like, whenever they need something, Kelly's the first person they go to. Right? And it usually begins with them yelling from some far corner of the house for her. Right? They make no effort to come find her first. It's wherever they are, it's, Mom! Right? Uh, and then if she doesn't answer in two to three seconds, it's a little more f- frenetic, you know? Mom! All right, that's going to sound great on the podcast tomorrow. Um, but, right, they, they call out to her, they ask for her, and then if they can't, if she doesn't answer, right, for whatever reason, then usually I can hear the footsteps through the house coming to find her, right? They're, they're seeking her out. They usually, I've said this before, they pop in the room where I'm at and they're like, hey, I'm like, you need something? Yeah, where's mom? Right, and so so if they can't, if they ask and they can't, uh, they don't they don't get an answer. They they seek her out. They go find her. And then here's what happens sometimes: is she's actually busy doing something because moms have a life too, right? And so uh, what happens then if they seek and they, they can't find her? They start knocking on doors. Right, where is she at? Is she in here? Is she in the bathroom? Is she in the basement? Is she where is she? Right, because God forbid moms have a moment of quiet and solitude on their own. Right? And so um, my, my point is just this is the natural progression for a child when they have a need. Right? They ask. If there's no answer. They seek. Right? They still don't have an answer. They go looking. They go knocking, opening doors to find out. Right? Uh, and and this, is, like, this is the natural process for a child with a request. And this is exactly what Jesus is getting at here. Right, like increasing levels of urgency, and this is what Jesus is teaching us as His children: how we bring our requests to God, right, with a sort of uh, determined persistence, right. And so, uh, to dig a little deeper in that, go into some some deeper waters here. You know, the the New Testament originally written in Greek, translated into a bunch of different languages. We have it in English. But in the original Greek language, those three verbs, ask, seek, knock, are, uh, they are in what is called the uh, present, they are present imperatives, right? And, and that may mean nothing to you, but essentially what it means is these should be understood not as one-time actions, right? It's not you ask once and you're done. You seek once and you're done. You knock once and you're done, right? In the original language, it's, Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, right? That's what Jesus is teaching his followers to do, right? That, that, that these are things we should do repeatedly and continuously, bringing our needs to a father, right? In fact, this same teaching about asking and seeking, knock, seeking and knocking is in Luke chapter 11. That's Luke's version uh, of Jesus' teaching. And right before, like, he... he the same verses Luke uses, almost it verbatim. But right before it, in Luke's account, is the story or a parable. Jesus tells a parable of a friend who has a need, 
and he goes to uh, his friend to ask for help with that need. I have an urgent need. I need you to help me. I need you to, to, to hear my request. Uh, and the text says that that man's request is granted on the basis of his, my translation says, imprudence. But, but there's a footnote that also says because of his persistence. Right? Jesus invites, encourages us to, to go to the Father persistently with our needs. Right? Elsewhere in Luke's gospel, there's the, the parable of, of the widow, persistent widow, who brings her needs, her requests, and she's heard just because she's persistent. And so the, the point is, is not that God is required to answer us because of our persistence. Right? That's, that's not the point. God, you don't twist God's arm into anything. Okay? The point is not that God is required to listen to us because of our persistence, but the point is that we are invited to ask and to seek and to knock and to keep asking and to keep seeking and to keep knocking. Right? God is not annoyed or, or bothered by the requests of his children. Right? In, in full disclosure, when I tell my kids, ask me again, it is not always an invitation. Right? But praise God, he's, he's, a, he's a better, more patient, more loving, more gracious, more gentle father than I am. And so the invitation here is to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, continuously, repeatedly, like bringing our needs, our requests to God the Father as a child. That's what we're invited to do. Right, so, so that's persistence. Right, that, that's kind of the easy part. The, the second one is where we're going to spend probably most of our time this morning. All right, providence. Right, we, we, we talked about persistence. Let me, let's talk about providence. First, let me read. Let's read verses 9 through 11 again. All right, Jesus says this. Or which one of you, if his son ask him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? All right, so let's revisit sort of the, the, the overarching point of the message. Right, is that Jesus is encouraging us, his followers, both in the first century but also us 21st century, to bring our request to God as a father, and God as a father loves to give good gifts to his children. Right? So that the first part was we talked about persistence. That's right, bring your request to the Father. And, and here's the second part. We're talking about God's providence. God the Father loves to give good gifts to his children. Right now, pause here for a minute. Okay? Because I want to keep this in front of you. I've tried to keep in front of you this, this whole series. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking, his teaching is directed to the disciples. Other people were there, right? In context, it came right after uh, he was surrounded by a crowd. There's a pretty good chance there's a good crowd together there listening to, his te listening to him teach. But the thrust of his message, the point of his message was directed towards his disciples, those that had surrendered their lives to follow, to follow Jesus. And so I want you to look at verse 11 again. 
If you then who are evil, I'm sorry, yeah, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father? So here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to hear. This is relational language. So when God, or when Jesus is, is teaching his disciples to ask and pray to the Father, teaching us to bring our request to the Father, right, the, this is a promise and assurance that is made specifically for those who are children of God. Right, this is a promise for those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ, who've, who've confessed their need for a Savior, right, who've cried out to God for forgiveness of sin, the repentance of sin, right, and through faith in Jesus Christ, you've been adopted into God's family. You are a child of God. Right? Now, does God give good gifts to people who aren't his children? Yeah, he does. Right, that's called his, his common grace. Right, the, the, the reality that God would give us Anything good. Right? We don't deserve anything good. That God would be good to us at all right? is, is, is part of his, his common grace. Right? God gives good gifts to, to all, but, but he has a special relationship with his children. Right? He delights. He loves to give good gifts to his children. Right? In the same way that I have a special heart, a special ear uh, for my own children that's different than the, the kids in our neighborhood that show up at our house like Every day, right? Like I, I, have, I have a different place in my heart for those two. I, I, listen, I'm glad you're here, right? I'll, I'll meet your request best I can. Uh, but I'm far more concerned with the requests of my children and giving good gifts to them. Right? In the same way, God has a special heart, a special ear for his children. So back to the flow of the, of the text. Verses 9 and 10. All right, we looked at it just a second ago. Here's what Jesus is doing in these two verses. He's highlighting. Right, so he's already told us, bring our request to God. Over and over and over again. Repeatedly, continuously. But in verse 9 and 10, what he's doing is he's highlighting God's character as a father towards his children. Right, he, he says, um, and if you, here's the point. God is not a malicious tyrant. Right, he says, and if you ask God for bread... He's not going to give you a stone. Right? He, he's, God is, your, your heavenly father is not going to give you something that, that just does not benefit you in some way. Right? He's not going to do that. Right? He says that if you ask for a fish, he's not going to give you a serpent. Right? God is not going to give something to his children uh, that will harm them. God does not mistreat his children. Okay? Now listen, that's easy to say. That preaches well, right? It's a nice thought. Looks good on a coffee mug. But here's where I want to dig around a little bit this morning. What, what about when you feel like you've been mistreated by God? Right? What about when you, when you feel... Uh, what about when it feels like you've been given a stone when you ask for bread? Or you've been given a serpent when you ask for fish? Right now, this passage is primarily meant to encourage us to pray, 
to bring our requests to the Father. Right? But, but I think I have a, a pastoral responsibility to, to lay before us the reality that I mean, sometimes it feels like our prayers go unanswered. Right? Anybody? Like you've had moments where you've prayed and you've asked and the answer was just no. Right? I have a, a responsibility to, to bring that before you because this is the beauty and challenge of, of preaching. Right? I, listen, I have no interest in just preaching sort of spiritual platitudes that, that look good but don't really connect with real life. Like I just have no interest in that. The, the beauty and challenge of preaching is I want to preach to real people, preach the word of God to real people, real men and women, real families with real struggles, real sin, real suffering. Right? And so this text lands on us in a world that we're, we're in today in just a, like a, it's heavy, right? Because some of us know what it's like to ask and seek and knock and we don't get what we're asking, seeking and knocking for, right? And so... What I want to do is, is just look at this in such a way that, that whenever you ask and seek and knock, that, that it's, it doesn't just sound good here on a Sunday morning, but when you get to like Monday and you get kicked in the gut, like you can still lay hold of this, right? That's what I'm here for. So let's hit it head on, all right? What happens when you ask and you don't receive? Right, what happens when you seek and you don't find? Or you, you knock and the door stays shut? Right, that's what I want to... And listen, I'm not talking about like self-centered sort of short-term prayers like, because uh, I hope I get that parking spot right at the front at Target. Right, don't pretend like you've never prayed that before. Okay? <laughs> I'm not talking about those kinds of prayers. I'm talking about prayers that are like, these are good right things to pray for, God-honoring things to pray for, and yet radio silence on the other end, right? That's what I'm, I'm talking about. Because listen, most of us in here have been there. Some of you are there right now. Right? You, you've asked and you've heard nothing. Or, or you heard something, it was not what you wanted to hear. It was not what you wanted to receive. And so let me... Let me point you back to verse 11 again. It says, How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? I want you to lean in and see this. The promise is that God will give good things to His children. Jesus does not say, He'll give us everything we want. He does not say he'll give us everything that we expect. Right? He does not say that he'll give us everything we ask for. Right? The, the, the text doesn't mean that. It can't mean that. Right? And it can't mean that because if that's what Jesus is teaching here, that, that if we ask and we seek and we knock, then God will give us exactly what we want, exactly when we want it, exactly how we want it, then all that means is that, that Jesus or that God is, is not really God, the sovereign, omnipotent creator of the universe who has everything under control. It means God is like a, a genie. Like you rub the lamp and like Robin Williams or Will Smith, he pops out. Right? That's, that can't be what this means. 
Right? Because if God is, is somehow bound to answer your every prayer, your every request, in the way that you want him to, then he's a genie. And if he's a genie, he has to submit to you. And a God that submits to you is not God. Right? A, a God that has to answer to you is not God. Functionally, you are God at that point. So, we just talked about how God is not a malicious tyrant. All right, what, what also we see is, is God is also not an, an overindulgent grandfather. Right, like you, let's just have this conversation here. We got some grandparents in the room. Um, there is something that happens biologically in a person when they become a grandparent that they just lose all capacity to say no to anything specifically from their grandchildren, right? Like, like every day with your grandkids is a yes day. Like you, ice cream for breakfast, candy for supper. You want some sharp objects to throw at one another? Here you go, right? Here's, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. Uh, my mom's going to listen to this, so she's going to hear this. I'm sorry, Mom. I love you. Um, my children are already prone to violent outbursts towards one another. And so you know what she bought them? Inflatable boxing gloves. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting off the rails a little bit. Um, but my point is just that, like, we, we can think of grandparents and think of, like, they just say yes to everything. Anything you want, yes, you can have it. Yes, whatever you want, take it, Right? Listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dogging you, right? If you're a grandparent here, you've earned it. You, you bless those grandbabies, all right? I can't wait. I, you talk about asking, seeking, knocking. I, I ask often that the Lord would let me live long enough to leverage my grandchildren to terrorize my children, right? <laughs> That's what I'm praying for. It's coming off the rails. It's the medication, Sorry. Here's my point. Unlike an overindulgent grandfather, God will not give you everything that you want, exactly when you want it, exactly how you want it. He doesn't do that. And the text never actually says that we get what what we're asking for. We're never guaranteed our requests. It says, the one who asks receives So if you ask, you will receive something, but it might not be exactly what you wanted to receive. When you, the one who seeks, finds. You will find something, but it might not be exactly what you are seeking. The one who knocks, it will be opened. The door will be opened, but what's on the other side of that door may not be what you were hoping to find on the other side of that door. Right? You, You... Listen, you might ask for a bread, a bread, some bread. You might ask for fish. The text says that your father will not give you a stone or a serpent, but it does not say that he he even guarantees to give you bread or fish. God is not bound to give you exactly what you want, exactly when you want it. But what the text does say is that the father gives good gifts to his children. 
And so here's, here's what I want you to, to catch. And it's going to, especially if you're in a season of difficulty, it's going to feel hard to hear. Right? But I'm just, this is all I've got to preach. Right? And here's what it says. If you are a child of God, whatever you receive, whatever you find, whatever's on the other side of that door, it will be for your good. Now, I know that's a scandalous thing to say with some of the stuff that, that you've experienced or you've faced. Right? He, God gives only good gifts to his children. And he is infinitely more aware of what is good for you than you are. Right? He's infinitely more aware. Listen, if we can be, just be real here for a second. The, the things that we ask for are, are usually confined to things like in our 60, 70, 80 years on this earth, right? Because we don't, we don't know any different. It's just what we need. Right? And we should bring those requests to God. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but... But the sovereign, omnipotent creator of the universe, like he's far more concerned with, with eternity than just that little 70, 80 year span of your life. Not saying he's not concerned about it. He is. We talked about that a couple weeks ago about God meeting our needs. Okay, but listen, God is infinitely, eternally more concerned with, with more than just this fraction of your life. And so when you begin to realize that God operates on a different timeline than we do, Right? It becomes a little easier to realize maybe there's some good in this. God is teaching me something. He's showing me something. I don't see it right now, but I'm going to trust that it's there. Right? But there are seasons, there are moments, there are times when like it, it just, like God's response doesn't always seem good. Right? And I don't think that's anything we should hide from. I don't think... Here's what, I, here's what I don't want, right? I want to create a community of people. I, I can't create it. I want the Spirit of God to create a community of people that are, that are okay being transparent and vulnerable. Uh, I, I don't want you to have to act like everything's okay every time you show up here, right? I, I don't want that at all. I don't think that's helpful to anyone to just like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed, brother, when everything's just falling apart. And so... Like, there are times when it doesn't feel like God's answer is always good. I mean, here you've got this promise, like God's like, I only give good gifts to my children. And, and you're looking at, at your requests, and there's nothing, like, you're, how can anything good come of this? What, what, what could God possibly do, be doing in this that's, that's good? Right? Maybe terminal illness. It may be uh, some sort of tragic death in your family. It may be... Um, financial disaster, broken relationships. I mean, it could be any number of things. Right? And there's a, there's a, oftentimes a real response in our heart is just, God, what are you doing here? And I just want to free you up this morning. Like, it's okay to ask that. Like, God is not thrown off by your questions. He's not. Have you ever read through the Psalms? I mean, you got these brothers crying out like, God, what are you doing? Why are you letting my enemies win? Are you, have you, have you lost control? Are you, right? Like some of those prayers in Psalms, just like, oh, gosh, I don't know that I'd pray that, right? So I'm just thinking, God's not scared of, of your questions and your, your concerns. 
Right? There, there are moments when, when it doesn't feel like God is always good. But I, I'm going to read this to you. I, I read a book a few months ago. It's called Joy and the Sorrow. It is a book about, uh, there's this church in Texas, pretty, pretty large church, uh, growing church. Um, but they had just gone through a, a period of like an unusual amount of, of suffering, tragedy. And so each, I'd recommend the book to you. It's a great book. Uh, each chapter is a different family in the church that told a story about their own sort of suffering and their own, uh, their own just dark season of life. And uh, it, 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 it's heartbreaking stuff, but it, the book was essentially written not by like some pastor that's supposed to tell you these things. It's written by people who walked through it, right? Some of those things I just talked about, terminal illness, death, uh, just all kinds of brokenness. And here's what, here's what one of the... the um, One of those families said, it's a direct quote. He says, all things are from his hands, talking about God, and his hands are good hands. His hands are pure and providential, guiding every step of our lives. And this is true when we can't see it or feel it. He is always at work, even in the weeping times, in waiting times, in the worst of times, his ways are mysterious. We will never, on this side of eternity, we will never fully discern or understand the mind of God. Like why he does what he does, why he does it when he does it, why he does it how he does it. Like we, we we don't get to know all of those things right now because we're not God. Right? Our responsibility is to trust. Right? It's to, to, trust that, to trust the promise, believe the promise that, that whatever he gives, right, whatever we receive, whatever's behind the door that we knock on is open, Whatever's there waiting for us came to us through the good providential hands of a heavenly father who only gives good gifts to his children. Right? Our, our posture is, is not one of like, I have to know all of what God was doing here. Our posture is just one of saying, God, I, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're doing it. I've asked I've sought after, I've knocked, and the answer is not what I thought it would be. But I trust you. That's our posture as children of an infinitely good, infinitely wise, eternal, omniscient, omnipotent, sovereign, heavenly Father. We keep asking. We keep seeking. We keep knocking. And we hold on to the promise that whatever we receive, whatever we find, whatever's behind the door, that it's ultimately for our good. Whether I realize it now or whether I don't realize it until 10,000 years from now. Right? Trust. That's the invitation to us this morning. And so here's how we're going to sort of end our time together. Rather than just talking about Asking and seeking and knocking. Uh, I just want to create some space to do that this morning. 
Uh, and so um, if, if you are, if, if you're here and you have some kind of request, some kind of need, right, I just want to invite you to, to bring that to your heavenly father this morning. Okay, and more specifically, maybe it's a spiritual need. Right, maybe you would sit here this morning and be like, man, I don't know if I'm, a, these promises are for the children of God. I don't know if I'm a child of God or not. How do I know if I'm a child of God or not? Right? If, if, if that is where you're at this morning, that, that's, your, that's your biggest need, to be reconciled to God as your father. Right? Come and, and receive that this morning. Or maybe it's just your life's been marked by sort of spiritual sort of apathy. You know what I mean? It's like you're a follower of Jesus, but you're just kind of like on cruise control. There's no, there's no like zeal or no affection for the things of the Lord. Right? That's a need. Bring that before the Lord this morning. Maybe it's a physical need. Maybe you're here and you've got uh, some sort of, uh, you're waiting on the results from some sort of test and you're just anxious about that. Right? I know we talked about God being uh, having eternity in mind, but it doesn't mean that God's not concerned with your temporal, physical needs. You can bring those to Him. You should. Right? Maybe you're here and, you, and you've already got the diagnosis and it's not good and you're just like, I want to I ask the Lord to heal. Then let's ask Him. You know, God forbid we have not because we ask not. Right? Or maybe it's just some other need. Maybe it's a financial need or maybe it's a relational tension, right? I mean, it could be any number of things. But if you have a need this morning, a real need, my encouragement to you is to bring it before your Heavenly Father who loves to give good gifts to His children. All right, so you can, the band's going to come up in just a minute and lead us in a song that's just singing about how, how, how the Father is, is what we need more than anything else. And maybe you want to pray there quietly in your seat. That is completely fine. Right? God hears your prayers wherever you are. Uh, but maybe if you're like, man, I want to I pray with someone. Right? We're going to have uh, a few of our deacons or, or new deacon candidates. Um, they're going to be on the front rows here. They're just available for you. you don't, right? They're not going to come seek you out or anything like that. But if you're just like, man, I want to come pray with someone, they're going to be available to you uh, as, the band, as the band leads us in song. So... Uh, I'm going to pray for us. Um, actually, I'm going to go and invite you to stand with me. We'll pray together. The band's going to come lead us. And if, if you want to pray um, there in your seat with one of our deacons, I'll be down front as well, uh, then we'd love to do that with you, all right? So let me pray for us this morning. Father, we come to you uh, as, as your children are just dependent on you for, for all things. And so, Lord, I want to pray just this morning that even in this moment, you would begin to bring, bring things to mind, Lord, needs that we have, requests that we have. Maybe it's things that we asked for long ago, and we just never saw your hand move, and so we just stopped asking. Would you bring those things to mind right now? Lord, maybe it's Maybe it's we've, we've asked, we've sought after, we've knocked, and maybe the answer that you've given us is not what we wanted. Father, maybe our prayer this morning needs to be that you would just 
Help us to trust when it's really hard to. Help us to believe when, when in our finite knowledge, like there's, it's hard to believe that you are good and that all things come from your, uh, your good hands. So, Father, wherever we land this morning, whatever our needs might be, whether they're front and center or wherever we've just kind of repressed them into the corners of our lives, or um, whether it's spiritual needs, whether it's physical needs, I pray that you would just bring those to mind in all of us this morning, that we would lay those things before you, we would bring them to you as needy children, Lord, bringing our request to a, a heavenly Father who is good and who loves us, who delights in giving good gifts to his children, and who is more than powerful, more than capable to do that. So, Father, move in the hearts of your men and women this morning. Prompt us to respond as you would have us. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.